so many times on Geek Out Loud, it is all about nostalgia, and today is no different as my cousin Jason stops by to get nostalgic and continue a conversation that began on an episode of the Big Honkin' Show. This is your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud Podcast. That's how we roll, man. That's, that's what we do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to... Yeah, we're going to call it Geek Out Loud. It may morph into something completely different before it's all said and done. This is kind of an impromptu Geek Out Loud that... Uh, I I don't want to say I didn't know was going to happen, but... We didn't know it was going to happen. Didn't know it was going to happen. Uh, you hear him with me. It's the voice of my cousin Jason, also known as NCN. Uh, and, uh, and, well, that's it, huh? You don't have a bunch of different... <laughs> You were on the Big Honkin' Show this morning at the time of recording, and uh, and we needed more recording. There was one thing I meant to ask you that I didn't, and I was going to kind of put you on the spot. Oh, wow, that's and I, that's I always fun. I had mercy. I had mercy. I was going to ask you about the origin of the nickname, the old the old nickname, the oh. Master Blaster nickname, and um, because Steve. I introduced you. As the Master Blaster. Right. Maestio Jamarama, JJ Slamtone. Word, cuz. <laughs> okay. Um, Steve, that's really kind of hard to, to go. Like, I don't really remember the exact. Here, here's what I do know. Okay. Um, we grew up, um, and our my exposure to anything to do did, with. Did we, though? Did we grow up? No, I we mean... haven't. <laughs> As I stare at the As Yoda. As you look at the Yoda. <laughs> As you look at the Muppets on my mantle. For all of you Geek Out Loud fans <laughs> who have dreamed of being in Steve's home and seeing the famous Star Wars room. First off, that's creepy that you've dreamed of being in my home. Yeah. Second off, uh, basically, it's really lame here. Yeah, it's just kind of a bunch of boxes <laughs> with stuff in it. But uh, <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> It's not. It's dude, so true. It's nothing special. It's I'm just... pretty sure that whatever card mm. you have to some secret club of mm. Star Wars people um, revoked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's not let my secrets out. Anyhow, I was going. You're was... Sean Michaels. You have oversold. Right. <laughs> yes. And here we are at Mark Out Loud, ladies and gentlemen. No, I, the reason so, I, the reason I brought that up is because that when I think of nicknames or pseudonyms for you, yes, that's the one that always comes the to mind. Master Blaster, yeah. Well, the whole thing, Master Blaster, May S D O Jamarama, J J Slamdone. No word cuts. Um, here's the reality. When and this is you talk about geeky stuff. Um, growing up, my exposure to rap or Anything other than really church music was very limited, right, especially right. when I was a kid. Like we're talking eight, nine years old, and I seem to remember that there was a song that said "Master Blaster" in it. Or oh yeah, 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 yeah. Something I don't yeah. know. I, I, this you can tell I've never really delved too far. I mean, look, that's worth the Google. There, I'm, I know there is, and I can't think of who it's by right now. People are shouting. Yes, like you should know this, Mister Eighties man. 
but that's the problem. I I don't my musical knowledge is le, ne, next Stevie to Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder sang okay. Master Blaster. But, I call that too. I didn't want to call it. Better. But I've always liked to goof around and do fun, like goofy mm-hmm. raps and stuff, you know. And you got to remember, Vanilla Ice was kind of coming in when we were kids and teenagers and all this stuff. And so, um, I just kind of came up with this name. And for some reason, when you just kind of say it all together, it just kind of becomes this bigger thing. And it was kind of my, it would be my intro line to any of my goofy raps I right. would do, you know, right. which yes. I can see in your eye. You want me to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is too geeky I'm for geek just, out loud. I'm just like, he, <laughs> Please used to do, he used to do lame raps. He really did. Yeah. That's, I'm sitting there thinking. Yeah. Oh, I, I did. Listen. But what's funny though, is I'd come away thinking, God, Jason is so cool. But dude, I would be like if I could just be like him. My kids are still because when I walk out of a room and I still do this, I sing like when I get up from a so, any social setting, I'm liable to just as I'm kind of making my way out, just some random chorus. You know, uh, I'm like the chorus terrorist. You know, I oh, only well. know like six words of any song. You, you. You're going to struggle through most of that song, but the 15 seconds you know you're yeah. going to sing. I don't want to wait. And yeah. then I don't, I don't know. You're going to sing the Dawson's mess out Creek. of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to you're going to rule those 15 yeah. seconds you and know. So, anyway, it kind of rolls off. So I'm the master blaster, may SDO, Jamarama, JJ. You know, you, you can kind of do yes. that. Right. I just did that. You just did that on forever. <laughs> this is online. And so, good. Go, that kind of always would start whatever mm-hmm, came mm-hmm. next of whatever goofy thing. And you got to understand our exposure to that stuff was so limited. I mean, there were no radio stations playing it. Right. There was no, we didn't have cable, so we didn't have right. any TV. Um, very conservative household. I was going to so, say, I think that's the key more than anything else is the conservatism of the houses we grew up in. Oh yeah. Was like, and what? we got like Christian rap. Yeah. And so for us. Oh, my dad didn't even like Christian oh, rap. Oh, yeah. Well, He's like, mm-mm. he was he it was, was like underground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what is this? What is this sinful stuff? I hear the beat. That's right. That's got too much of a drum beat to it, doesn't it? But uh, anyhow, I'd, the the words themselves, though, is what. Obviously, Master Blaster came from some song. I think it was even, I don't even think it was a Stevie Wonder song. I do think there was a rap yeah. or something where someone said yeah. something about being the Master Blaster. There was a Nintendo game called Master Blaster. Yeah, and then Maestio is a pretend Spanish word. I don't even know what it means. Are you serious? I mean, I don't know. Any, I don't even know if it's a Spanish word. It's just. But a, I'm saying, is that really what it is? It's a pretend Spanish word? Yes, yeah, somewhere like along to, the, In your mind, when you were coming yeah. up with this, that's what it was. Yeah. I always thought there was. No. That's probably the most disappointing yet intriguing <laughs> part of this whole thing because I thought I remembered you saying, yeah, and this is what this means and it represents. It might mean, it, I might have been trying to say maestro. Okay. All like, right. You know, and then Jamarama, Slam Tone. Right. Oh, you sure, know, all yeah. that was Jamarama, just come on, whatever. J- the JJ Jamarama, yeah. Slam Tone. What is- and then you got to realize, like, I had heard of the Fresh Pence, I guess, uh-huh, and maybe uh-huh. DJ Jazzy Jeff and yes. all this kind of random stuff slam tone now we did you know we saw in an ironic twist my dad actually took us to break into electric boogaloo now, wait hold on <laughs> I, i'm calling time out right now once again on the story before you get into it because i think this is the first time in this in the history of geek out loud we have made electric boogaloo jokes and references a bazillion times where right. we'll say it's going to be superman 2 electric boogaloo something right. like that 
for the first time on Geek Out Loud, someone is talking about the actual movie, Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo. And I could not tell you the plot of it. I just remember all of us seeing a like a Barbara Walters special on <laughs> on um on like breakdancing. And so we went to the movies and tried to see Try to see what it was. What, it was <laughs> what was that experience like? I don't even remember. I mean, I mean we come, were very young. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like your mama would have been just. I don't know if she went dad meditate, but anyway, right. uh, he's going to be mortified that I'm telling. But it's been one of those things because, I mean, literally. It's, it's I never can, been spoken of in our house I can again, count on my saying. hand and have many fingers left over mm-hmm. the number of movies I've gone to at the movie theater with my dad. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been to as many movies with you, and I think right. I've been like two. And, I, I'm and, thinking, well, I'm the same way. I can think of like three movies I went and saw with my dad, and that's about it. And Because we just never, I mean, you know, what a right. big deal. we weren't a movie family, movie-going family. Yeah. And, we were uh, movie renters now. We'd rent the heck out of some videotapes. We we did some. But, man, when I was listening, I think it was the last episode. Was that when you had that the couple on with yeah, you? Yeah, you were yeah. talking to them, or brother and sister? Mm-hmm. Or, or, anyway. Yeah, they're brother and sister. Okay, cool. Um but you were naming those movies and like shame the devil i didn't know i mean i, I mean i know some of them and right. i've seen them all but i don't have your encyclopedic knowledge right. about all things like oh man cuz i watch a movie one time mm-hmm. and i'm like yep saw that and i mean it might be a right. movie i sure. really love sure. like i really liked um uh uh, what? Oh, well, there it is. See, Electric Two. Yeah, I mean, uh, but, but you really like Breaking Two, Electric Boogaloo. I think I. I don't remember. I, when did that come out? I'm IMDb. IMDb. Here we go. Yeah. yeah, I. I don't know. Like, I honestly, I've never seen it. I've never seen a preview for it. I've never. In fact, when people started saying it, I'm like, when I first heard the joke, I'm like, is that a real thing? It's Was a there real really thing. a thing called electric. You know, break. And so now I couldn't tell you one single detail about it other than there were some people dancing randomly i mean like it's not even coming up in the top searches here on how how does one spell boogaloo by the way is that a b-o-o-g i think you just go with breaking and and oh there's no g in breaking that was my bad yeah well that's the big honking curse right you gotta remember the apostrophe indeed how did i get from here to hear from IMDb. Oh, Let's I see. picked the wrong. Here we go. I found it. 1984, Jason. Okay, so I'd have been eight and oh, a half my or nine Lanta. years old. Yeah. You guys were still in Waycross at that point. Yeah. Because we were still in Athens. I distinctly remember us going to see it. So anyway, um, and remember that song, uh, uh, Let's see, this is go- I'm going to say a song that everybody in the universe knows, mm-hmm. and I know literally like four, six, Bad to the Bone. You know, everybody yeah. knows this song. Yeah. All right. Well, I would get little choruses and stuff like that. Right. And, you know, just goofing around around the house and, mm-hmm. and with my desire to make people laugh and cut up. So, anyway, there's the goofiest nickname ever or whatever. <clears throat> the, so. Yeah, well, I just... I I, I recently rapped in public. You told me, was this for like... We had, we had a concert at our church. And as a goof... <laughs> When they were taking a break, I had told them that I would rap, and so I did. And I'm I'm not gr- I'm not a good rapper, but oh yeah yeah. I, I, did you I just could, get up and freestyle? Yeah, nice. But then I ended with like a pretty good like shout out to the band's name and their right, record, right. and the crowd just went. Ah, and that's you know I got the courtesy. Yay! Well, know. I don't think it was courtesy. I think the minute you brought it round to something that was actually going on, they're like that is fresh and new. Yeah, he yeah. didn't just write that. <laughs> um, 
we were doing a we were doing a thing at um after after a football game one night the fifth quarters as they're called yes sir baby and uh and Come i hear that random and i got up on stage yes. i got up on stage and did some freestyling <laughs> for everybody and they were just like that's amazing i'm like i really didn't do that hot guys and and uh and i'm like what do you want me to rap? but i would do like what you want me to rap about and someone was like, rap about Star Wars. And I'm like, oh, that's too easy. And so I just, you know, rolled, <laughs> strolled on down some Star Wars rap. Like, what else you want me to rap about? Rap about pizza. I'm like, okay, I can rap about pizza, you know. And so then I found out another youth pastor in our town. She was like, I can rap. I can freestyle. I'm like, freestyle battle next fifth quarter. And we freestyle battled it out. And it was uh, it was a trip. I was like, drop us a beat, DJ. And then I had a kid out on the drums just dropping us a beat. And, but I, but the thing is, is growing up, and this is this is how lame I always was. I'd hear things like Master Blaster, Me, SDO, Jim Arama, JJ Slam Tone, and I'd be like, I wish I could think of a cool name <laughs> myself like that. Oh, I'm like, man. man Jason's so cool. Started I early. Be, I want to be just like him one day when I grow up. <laughs> well, you had cable, so I wanted to be like you. That's right. That's, that's, that's what's so it. funny. It's like, it's like, I love to go. Of course, now we always enjoyed getting together. And once we lived closer, his kids it was it was on like a whole steaming pile of neck now how did you if you didn't have the cable and whatnot how did you keep up with the wrestling and all like you did just wrestling, through the magazines yeah but wrestling came on wtoc channel 11 out of savannah did it at eleven thirty at night on saturday and so you'd set your vcr we wow, talked about this earlier yeah. this is a callback to a show we're not even on yes now. yes and um and you would set your VCR, and then on Sunday morning, I'd get up and watch it. We should, you know, what we should. We sh- I should have gone live with this, and we should have just done like made people come over to the Geek Out Loud feed to listen to yeah. all this stuff. But that's all right. You could tweet to your followers, but we're not live, so they <laughs> I'll, would just. <laughs> what I'll do is I'll record a tag on the end of the Big Honkin Show that I okay. posted you on it, and say you can. We're continuing the discussion over at Geek Out Loud. Drive some traffic both ways. If you missed the first part of the discussion, head over to BigHonkinShow.com and check out March 21st's show. Yeah, that'll be cool. But um, it came on then, and then we had enough back and forth to uh, Granny and Papa Harper's who had cable. Mm-hmm. And then there were a couple of I think my Mima had it. Mm-hmm. So it came on, and it also, there was enough Saturday Night Main events that came right, on right. on NBC. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I never saw <clears throat> USA's Monday Night, whatever that show was. Right. It wasn't Raw. It wasn't Raw back then. Bobby Heenan and that other dude, right. and they would sit, Gorilla Monsoon, and they would sit around. Lord I never I, I never saw any of that. I never saw any of that because I never, I think it came on past my bedtime or something. On Mondays back, and I mean, I'm just saying, as a kid, yeah. you know, we had to be in bed by like nine. And so, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but what I Saturday night, man, TBS Saturday night, six oh five to eight oh five, um, with the Georgia Championship Wrestling, the the NWA, the the WCW stuff, and you mentioned Granny and Papa Harper. Yeah. <clears throat> For those, you know, just to kind of let these were our great grandparents. Yes. These were the these were the parents of our grandmother, uh, and. Um, on our mom's side, yeah. and 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 I always and I always tell, and this is this is my father coming out to me where I give information that's not part of the story at all, but I just think it's interesting, so therefore I'll give it. Our Papa Harper was born on January first, nineteen hundred. Straight so, up. So as every year, you know, he he aged with the year. Um, lived to be ninety two years old. Yeah. 
and he would he was living back and forth between my mom and dad's and your mom and dad's and um and he was at our house and i love for him to be at our house because my dad anytime i had wrestling on would just gripe about it he would just be like i can't believe you're watching that fake stuff again blah 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 but papa harper loved to watch wrestling and uh and so i put it on and he'd sit there and we'd just sit and watch it and papa harper always asked me this question and i never had the answer for him because there was no internet he said whatever happened to old ox baker ox baker and i'm like i really don't know papa harper i don't i'm, I'm not familiar with him that much and and he said, yeah, I always like watching Ox Baker. I mean, I, obviously that was Papa Harper's favorite wrestler growing up or, or watching as an adult, whatever. And then the other day I heard an interview with Ox Baker, and that made me think awesome. of Papa Harper. But um, there was a moment we were sitting there watching wrestling, and uh, and I thought Papa would fall asleep. I thought, he'd, I thought he'd gone to sleep. He was sitting there just quiet, just watching. It was Ricky Steamboat. Oh, wow, the dragon. And, and the dragon hit the top rope. And all Papa Harper said was, watch out now. Just real <laughs> quiet, real calm. Watch out now. I'm like, that's how he's marking out. He's he's popping for Rick Steamboat. <laughs> he, the, the way only an 88-year-old man can, he popped for Steamboat. He, it was awesome. And I just died loud. I'm like, Papa Harper, he's about to jump over that top rope. Look at him. But I think I did. <sighs> Granny Harper, did you know her? I did very I, well. Not, I mean, yeah. But we lived so much closer. to Right, them. y'all lived real close to them. Um, she loved it too, but she wouldn't tell you she liked it. She would watch from behind. Really, she'd be in the kitchen, and the way that if 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 memory serves, the way it was set up, she would come out of the kitchen and go in their bedroom, which was actually on the mm-hmm. other end of the den. They right. had like this odd kind of bedroom. It was, that didn't yeah. have a door. It was just <laughs> yeah. Kinda, it was just kind of there was a there was an opening. Yeah. Yeah. And. uh they always had the coolest bedroom, too, because they had multiple beds in there. Right. Twin beds that were kind of like three of them. Anyway, yep. long story short, I don't know where that fits in. Uh, but um, she would kind of peer around the corner, and you mm-hmm. could see her kind of moving They're with her right, arms, right. you know. But now, I remember that I watched I watched wrestling prob- probably from four or five with them on up until I was probably 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of checked out on it because it wasn't available anymore right, you couldn't right, get it right um and then i remember in like 95 or 94 mm-hmm. somewhere along there ecw came along yeah and a buddy of mine had some tapes of it or something and he said dude let me show you what these people are doing well then the internet starts kicking back in like 99 2000 and stuff like that and you're able to get stuff so my I don't, i'm not really a I don't guess you'd say a wrestling fan anymore right. as far as like whatever, watching it regularly. But with the internet, you're able to kind of go back and remember those moments from yes. when you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a really good nostalgia yeah. boost, you know. It's, and that's not just wrestling. That's an well, old movie or this, an old book. I'll tell you this. For me, uh, WWE has started putting out, you know, they've started putting out some stuff with all that stuff on it. And that's been what's cool to me, like the best of the Clash of the Champions. Yeah. The best of Starcade. You know, and they're and they're going, they're digging into the vaults and pulling out. You know, these old things when they do like a Ric Flair DVD set or a Rick Steamboat or Jake the Snake DVD. You're watching, and you're just, and I'm just remembering because they'll show matches. They have matches on there from like a Saturday night. You know, from six. You know, when that used to be on TBS from six oh five to eight oh five, they'll have a Saturday night wrestling match. And and I'm just, I remember when they were in that set. I remember when they were oh, in that yeah. studio. You know, I remember that studio angle. Wrestling. I remember yeah. when they were. 
And that's what's so weird. We don't realize, and you realize this from when you when you read about it or you just talk to people, because I've actually had opportunity to talk to a couple of guys who are kind of doing that yeah, like part-time yeah. or whatever. Those guys wrestled or had matches or had some kind of event 340 days out of the year, yeah, sometimes yeah. twice a day or yep. three times a day. And so what we saw and what they were doing, I mean, we even if you watched every minute of television for 10 years, you, you saw 1% of what right, they were doing. Right. And, and I was always weird because I, I never really was – my fascination with – I like stories. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like beginning, middle, and end. Right. I like good guy and bad guy and all that kind of right. stuff. And so for me, that was what it was mostly right. about. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, and uh, that was why it's such a cool thing, you know, even though now, I, I mean, I realize that it's a completely kind of nerdy thing to deal with and like, but it is kind of cool. I mean, it's kind of fun to know. It, it, it's just like anything. It's with books. It's with art. It's with music. If there's something about that you kind of know mm-hmm. everything about right. this sector. Yep. You know, I know this thing. There's, it's just kind of cool. Like I remember um, when you could go online and they started giving you the terms for all the stuff. Yes, like a mark yes. or a face or a heel or an angle. And I remember learning that and going, oh, "That's what I. That's what they were yes. doing." You know, and like yes. a dusty finish. Yes. And I used yeah. to watch wrestling. And for those of you who don't know, a dusty finish is when the crowd thinks one guy's won through either a, a different ref counts him out or whatever, and then the next night or either later in the card or on the next TV right. tape, and you find out that the, it's been it reversed did. or it was a disqualification. And, and that was made famous by Dusty by Rhodes Dusty when Rhodes, he was yeah. running uh, NWA and Jim Crockett yeah. and, or whatever, wherever he was booking. That means writing the shows now. And uh, that became synonymous with a now it's a negative term. Right. It's – that wasn't an uh, uh, an ending that made anybody happy. Right. It wasn't just that the bad guy won. It was that man you tricked us and now you just took our money right, and now right. we got you know. Yeah. But when I think back to it, that was some of the most classic TV. Oh man! I mean, how many times have I seen Flair lose the title? Well, the 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 genius of what they used to do before, like the big Monday Night Raw and the Monday Night Nitro and everything. The genius was on a Saturday you'd have what they call jobbers. You'd have just some guy come into work just to be the on TV wrestling. Brothers. Yeah. And get squashed yeah. by your big star. So you'd get to see your favorite wrestlers wrestle and and win. But then there'd be someone run in or you know, they'd continue these storylines and it was those super cards you had to see to watch these guys actually wrestle each other. Unless you were lucky enough to be in a town where they came through or near a town where they came through. They always came through like Savannah or somewhere nearby here on a Sunday, so we couldn't go. We could oh, never yeah. get live tickets to go because we couldn't miss church to go watch wrestling on a Sunday. And um, <clears throat> I just remember, like, you know, wanting to see the pay-per-views because you got to see these people finally fight, you know. Because they'd say the main event tonight is going to be Ric Flair versus so-and-so. And you're like, finally he's going to get his own. That's but then right. the four horsemen would come out and jump the dude, you know, and it, and it would end that way. And, and But for me, it just made me want to see Ric Flair get it they would show on the old saturday night stuff they would show a match for three straight weeks you'd get five minutes of it yep and it'd be like we finally gotten tape from what happened in charlotte three Mm -hmm. weeks ago and you'd watch it and then the credits would roll Mm -hmm. and literally it'd be like one two you know music (laughs) you'd be like you know and you'd tune in the next week and instead of starting the show with it they were they they were brilliant. The I mean, it was it was somewhat. Well, I want to say I remember when Ron Simmons 
won the belt or something. There was some situation with him and the belt where they actually had to say, now this happened at a show in such and such and cameras were there and we recorded. And I mean, basically they just happened to have a camera set up at a house show. Yeah. This happened. It, yeah. You know? Yeah. And there yeah. were also phantom switches. And this is what we never understood. If they needed to get the title, cause see back in the day, wrestlers didn't sign with one company. Right. A lot of times. I mean, your bigger names did, but you might have a guy who wrestled in Portland and wrestled in New York and went to world class and then came over to gym. And he might be a good guy in one and a mm-hmm. bat. He might be a headliner in right. one and a, a jobber in another, and he might just get tired of dealing with, you know, pay schedule or whatever right. for one company, and he would just leave, and he might have the belt. And so they would do a phantom switch, and they'd say, you know, uh, Ron Garvin won the tag, oh, right. you know, the TV yeah, yeah, title yeah, yeah, yeah. off of, you know, the mass superstar in, in Albany, week. Georgia right. this past. And that, and that would, never happened. It had never happened. <laughs> it was brilliant. It's a brilliant it's, business plan. Well, it because, was those, because you had to work within that territory situation they used to have. Where, oh, yeah. Where, um, and, and it's fun now to go back and watch because that's another thing WWE has done. They've got, they've got so many rights to all of these different uh, old territories and stuff. It's so neat to watch. Stuff that I never saw, but I knew existed. Yeah, you know, I always knew who the Von Erichs were. Oh yeah, but I never saw them wrestle on anything that oh. we had it until what's his face went to the WWF at the time, the Texas um, Tornado. Texas Tornado. But um, but I always knew who they were, and I knew they were supposed to be a big name. But I never saw them. Well, wrestle. that's just like Jerry Lawler. We thought of Jerry Lawler as this goofy dude who wore a crown in the WWF. Right. But right. he he was he is royalty in Memphis. Still. Yeah. I mean, I think he still wrestles routinely and mm-hmm. owns I don't know all the details, but I know, you know, um and I saw something on did I see it online like on YouTube or something or maybe it was on TV or but it was a super card where it was like the Memphis wrestling versus another whole territory had come in. Oh, yeah. Like, it was the original invasion angle, you know, and they were just, it was just the big supercard from a, from some kind of, like, well, there were several, steamboat. There were several of these. There was there was a Texas-Tennessee crossover. That's what it was, yeah. There was a crossover between uh, Lawler's people and... Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Yeah. That yeah. was that's, a crossover I think that's what I saw with Jim that Cornette came in. Yeah. Um, there was an early invasion of of the NWA that we used to watch, mm-hmm. I believe, by by something else Cornette was doing at one time. There, yeah. He's done this so many times. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it's really amazing, you know. Do you remember, um, they called it, I think they called it Black Saturday when the WWF bought the time slot on TBS away yes. from from the NWA or WCW yes. or whatever it was going by? Yes. And all of a sudden, instead of having the Horseman and, and, and the... You had Andre the, the Giant. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and this, But that was before, that was before, like, WWF was... It was right Worldwide around there. It, was, it was just it, before it yeah. started to blow up. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it was even before some of the yeah. pay-per-view satellite-only stuff had started up. And that some didn't of that last gets long. foggy because they would take two or three months worth right. of stuff and then show you So the whole timetable. But I remember when they came back. Um, and some of that stuff I remember, and some of that stuff I've looked up since then. Right, right. You know, right. That's, like, that's my thing my is memory. I've got to make sure I know what my memories are sometimes because I've gotten so well acquainted yeah. with some of it. Because I, when it comes to a lot of the stuff on Saturday nights, my my real 
you know, just being super into it comes around the time we moved to Hazelhurst. Yeah. Because we didn't have cable in Athens. Right. Um, and uh, and so we got cable when we come down here. And so I have TBS. I'm watching every week, you know, and that sort of thing. But what we used to watch was, and I've said this repeatedly here on the show, we used to watch uh, one of the channels up in North Georgia would have starting at like 9 o'clock on a, on a Saturday night from yeah. 9 until I don't know when. Yeah, end. early in the morning. But they would show all these different territories. Joe Pettacino, I think, is the one who put it together. And um, I'm sitting on the carpet at our grandparents who lived in Stone Mountain. Mm-hmm. And they got Yes, that. yes. And I am watching the Samoan SWAT team mm-hmm. versus the Von Erics in world class. Yes. And my brain is exploding <laughs> with joy because the only time I had ever seen them right. was in PWI. Pro Wrestling Pro, Or Inside yeah. Wrestling or the, right. any of those yeah. magazines, which now, in hindsight, I find out <laughs> were just – they were as made up as the other stuff. Yeah. I mean, they were – they were, I mean, they used bits and pieces and they right. worked within the framework, right. but you might have one guy go by six names in that mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know all the details. I don't even know how well, to do it now. The, uh, I haven't seen a wrestling but, magazine. But in what years, this but. dude did was so legit because he literally got the, he got the territories to get to, to buy time in his show that yes. he put on to, to show. He's like, cause I want to show people. He was honestly, in a way, he was a proto Vince McMahon. Yeah, because he was trying to bring this stuff into a more national audience, you know, before it was being done. <laughs> and I remember, like, that's where I got into Mid South wrestling. Oh yeah, the UWF, UWF Steve, Doctor uh, Death, and, Williams, yes sir, yes sir, one man game, yes sir. Sting, that's where Sting got his start. That's where all these different guys got where their the start. Ultimate Warrior was Ultimate his Warrior, yeah. Blade and Rock, Blade and Rock. It? The the uh, no, it was uh. It was, it was something. Uh, it was Flash and Rock, yeah. and Blade Runners. Yeah, there it is. And uh, that's cool. And they <laughs> um and and but yeah, that whole that whole territory there, I was completely completely into because that was the one I could watch. Yeah. Because it was Saturday nights, and whereas we had a nine o'clock bedtime weeknights on Saturdays, it was ten o'clock because we had church the next morning. Getting wild up in the Lawson household. And so, but my older sister would get to stay up and watch later. And so, like, she'd watch the NWA or the WWF stuff, and I'm like, oh, I want to watch that too, you know. And um, <laughs> and so I, so as 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 time progressed, and you know, and things happened the way they did, I just kind of stayed into it. But when I got to be in high school, and I really fell out of it, I paid attention peripherally to kind of know what was going on and who was the champ and that sort of thing with WCW, you know, like ninety through the through the early part of the nineties. And um, and then when that NWO angle hit again, I had been paying attention peripherally enough that when that thing hit, I'm like, oh my! My head snapped. I'm like, what the, you know? And that just immediately caught me back in. I'm like, what are they going to do now? You know? And and um, and so ever since though, I've been pretty much on on board again, especially because of the because of the advent of the internet. Yeah, my kids watch it now. And they watch strictly like Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. and then, but they like, and this this shows you that they know what they're doing with mm-hmm. the programming. They like the simpler one. I think they have a Friday night one, and then there's something that comes on Saturday maybe that's mm-hmm. more kid friendly, yeah, like yeah. more, mm-hmm. and it's all much more. The language and everything has has changed, right. but I mean, like, and they're buying into who they're supposed to buy into. I mean, Cena's their hero. 
Ryback. They can't wait. They to see like it. Ryback. They can't. My littlest one. She cannot. She, she she'll go in and she's this cute little blonde, sweet, mm-hmm. cute little thing. And Mary Claire running, feed me more. You know, no, she won't. <laughs> you know, she doesn't get to watch it. Like right. the other two, they're mm-hmm. old enough they can understand. But she's around them talking about it mm-hmm. enough, and she's seen him just kind of come on. You know, right. the TV screen. But they like um um, and it's funny because the older one. They'll talk about Randy Orton and this kind of stuff, and it's kind of cool to watch them kind of laugh and joke. And we always um, either watch it, either I watch it first or watch it with them and kind of be able to because some of the stuff I don't think is appropriate, and so I flip through it. But they're aware of it enough. We actually bought. I have never paid for pay per view, and we bought a pay per view last year. First time I'd ever. What'd you buy? Which one? I think we bought the Royal Rumble. This from January from this past one or last year's. With the 40 men in that it. That wouldn't have been it. What did we buy? I don't remember, Steve. I, I could look it up, but yeah. I, it was either SummerSlam or okay. it was, right. I think it was SummerSlam. Yeah. yeah. But I remember, I mean, we watched it. And I mean, my kids are little. It's not mm-hmm. little, little, but right. they had to go to bed. Right. And so we even recorded it. And then, you know, we would watch a little bit and I would be sure. But I guess to say this, it's still a pretty cool you know, it's amazing the story and the way that they do. And it, I know it's geeky, but it's a yeah. fun, it's harmless. It has geekiness. it has changed in as much as as it seems to be a bit safer for the guys that are involved now. It seems to be a little a little more I don't know. It it seems it it seems like the guys knowing what you know about the inside, it seems like they have the opportunity to be treated a lot better than they did. And so their lifespan seems to be a little bit longer. But they also don't seem as tough as they used to seem. You know, that's that's. I think that's the trade off. The trade off is, is you you've got a bunch of guys who don't seem as tough as a Rowdy Roddy Piper or well, they've or crafted a Rick it Flair. Now. I mean, yeah. now it's not some guy who looks pretty much like your neighbor, mm-hmm. but who can jump off the top rope and hit right. you with a cowbell. Right now, it's some guy who spins eight out. I mean, which is to their credit, I'm not down in it, but they really are athletic. Whereas the guys we watched, they were athletic, but they didn't look. They didn't look athletic. Let's just be honest. Nobody 30 years ago or 20 years ago looked like anybody else. Football sure, players, sure, basketball sure. players, baseball players. Well, they look like normal people. Right. And, but but you would have somebody go on there. I mean, like Arn Anderson. He's not classically muscular. No. I mean, he's not some bodybuilder-looking dude. But he cut a good promo. He could talk like a machine. He could pace Arn. a match. He mm-hmm. could pull off two or three really cool moves, and he knew how to do things on the peripheral while the main guy was doing his thing, and he made tons of cash and tons of publicity just being – and that was that was pretty cool, you know. I mean, Arn is one of the best ever oh, in the yeah. business. I mean, just there's no, there's no denying that Arn Anderson is the enforcer. He's just – he's one of the best ever in, in the whole business. What are – what – but – and the thing is, though, is now he's in the back teaching some of these guys. They're learning from them. They're listening. You know, I love the fact that your kids are into it. I hate the fact that they're into Ryback. Um, <laughs> they just like his his little slut. I mean, his, it's a fun thing to say. Okay. You know, like like you would be like with Hogan in the back in the day, you know, you know, you say your prayers, say your vitamins, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, but I believed, in, I believed in what Hulk Hogan was doing, though. <laughs> That's my thing. It's like I always want to see him. You know who I like more than I liked Hogan at the time? You know, looking back, I don't know that I would. I don't know. Like, I was also, I was a fan of anyone who was a good guy. If they were a yep. good guy, I'm like, all right. And I'm still kind of that way. But um, 
But like I remember more than anything. Well, number one, the Hogan Andre thing always freaked me out because I'm like, oh man, Hogan's going to lose this one. But then Warrior, do you remember when Ultimate Warrior and Papa Shango had a had a feud? Did you ever? Were you ever in? Because what happened is, is when we got to Hazelhurst on Sunday afternoons, when we got home from church, WWF would have WWF superstars on, and they would recap the events that happened, and you'd get to see things that went on and have a few matches. And always Sunday afternoons on USA, it would come on. What year was WrestleMania Gosh, three? Was, WrestleMania three was eighty seven. Okay. So, right around there is when I check out. Okay. I watched the next year with Hogan. Wasn't that four? Five was Hogan Macho. Four was a was a tournament for the belt. Okay. And then five was Hogan versus Macho. Macho won the belt at four. Okay. What's six? Six is Hogan Warrior in Toronto. I'm still keeping up with it then. It's after that that I think okay. I lost some steam. Yeah. But even then, I was never a, a WWF right. mark. Me, me either. But I just remember seeing... Papa Shango was like this voodoo guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would later go on to be the Godfather. Yeah. Um, and he did some stuff, and like Warrior's face started, his face paint yeah, just started, yeah. well, actually started coming out of his head like this ink, this black. He just, it made it look like his face paint was melting off his face. And, uh, and he just starts hollering, Warriors! And you're just like, What's going on, man? This is really freaking me out, man. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I never liked him. I never, I never dug the like any of that. Anything that, and this is weird, but anything that was too fake in a completely right, fake right. sport. That's why the Undertaker has never. I, I, if he never wrestled again, I would be fine. That's just because he's not my kind of character. Sure, sure. I liked him. I liked him whenever he was the motorcycle dude. Right. For a while. But right. I don't like all this sure. invoking whatever. Sure. I just never liked that. Right. Because I grew up. This is this is. Oh, I grew up in my day. <laughs> but but when when the four horsemen wanted to right. whip on you, they did it. They, they did. locked the chain. They put a chain well, around the cage. Well, Jason, they jumped you. Let me ask you this: How did you feel about the black scorpion angle? I didn't like that at all. Come on, come on. I didn't like the reveal. It was Flair, man. It was classic Flair doing just. But, Going after Sting. Oh, that's one of my favorite things WCW ever did, man. Well, if we're going to get into it, let's get into it. All right. Mark out loud. I just, I want to say something real quick, though, about about The Undertaker because you kind of. Uh-oh. I I touched a nerve. You did touch a nerve because. I'm absolutely in awe of the fact that he's able to do what he's able to do. What I'm saying is the character. The character. I'm I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to agree with you. That that character never appealed to me, and I never cared about him until he did the motorcycle thing. And then you missed it. And then I'm like, well, why can't you combine this with the other and have that look? And so when he comes back from the motor, and it was so cool the way he came back because they did a Buried Alive match, him and Mr. McMahon, and Kane ends up turning on him and burying him. And so it was WrestleMania 20. He comes back in the – like, it was just that great – Anyhow, <laughs> and to watch his matches, like he just in the ring, that Joker like no one else. Yeah, I mean he is so good, and his WrestleMania matches at from about fourteen fifteen on. I, oh, they're I some have, of the best. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, the more real he's gotten. Right. And Hades were real. I understand what you but mean, though. I never liked any of those angles, and they did a lot of stuff. I mean, WCW well, had Robocop. They did have Robocop. And, come and in. The, some, I mean, there would be goofy stuff mm-hmm. about this, and I'm, this just, and some of it got so whatever. 
Um, I liked just anything that was a bad guy and a good guy right. or an in-betweener. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I'm now a good guy and I used to be a bad I love faith. I love changes. I love right. it when they, right. when they flip from one to the, you know. Um, but but classically, I mean, that's why I was always a Dusty Rhodes mark. I mean, yeah, he was yeah. my guy. And it was the typical, he's an underdog. He looks like an underdog. <clears throat> yep. I've met him. I, I know this guy. I, I know six guys just like him. And somehow, he's able to defeat. The son of a plumber, baby. Yeah, you know, and give these just great. And, and with Hogan, or with Undertaker, these kind of undefeatable right. kind of, you know, and that's why McMahon ran out, not ran out, but in a way, he kind of ran out of competitors that would legitimately look like they could beat Hogan. Right. I mean, once you've beaten the Andre the Giant. Right, right. You know, right. and once, you know, King Kong Bundy and all those big guys, you know. Well, let's see. In, in WrestleMania 1, it was a – just to kind of go through and see how they handled Hogan. In WrestleMania 1, it was a tag match. It was yeah. Hogan and Mr. T versus Piper and, and Orndorff. Right. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. I mean, now that's let's not ever forget how good. Oh, he is great. Uh, WrestleMania two was co- he was a legitimate heel. He wasn't right. a tweener. I mean, he, I know he played a face some, but when Orndorff was a bad guy, oh, he was all bad. he was a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. And he wasn't funny bad. No. He wasn't like he wasn't like you liked him, even though you hated him like a Piper or Flair. Yeah, he wasn't he a scary. Was, I mean, he wasn't a. A, a Freddy Cat bad guy. He yeah. was legitimately. Oh, yeah. I'm a bad guy, right? And I'm going. And to I'm just, not afraid of it. Exactly. <laughs> um, WrestleMania two was Hogan Bundy. Yeah. When it comes to Hogan, who's I'm just thinking who's Hogan's fight. WrestleMania three was the Hogan Andre. That was. And that's cool. one of the biggest things ever. And and we were at our cousin's house up in the Atlanta area when the whole mess with the with the shoulder being up happened because I remember sitting in their living room floor watching that go down. When Hogan had his shoulder up, yeah. and the and it was the two refs, yeah, um, and uh, and then that was WrestleMania four was the belt was up, so there was a tournament for it. Savage wins, right? In the interim between four and five, Hulk, Hogan and Savage have a tag team, right? The and then powers. the mega powers, and then WrestleMania five they explode. What worked there was that story because yeah. you've got your two top guys now mad at each other, and one has turned on and and Savage has turned on them straight up. Then at Royal Rumble. Before WrestleMania six, it comes down to Hogan and Warrior. And I want to say Warrior won the Royal Rumble, so they end up fighting at WrestleMania six. And um and that was kind of your first face versus face. That was face versus face, good title guy versus, versus good title. Guy. And Hogan lost that. I mean, that was you know, that was when you really started to see the chinks in the armor for Hogan. WrestleMania seven, I want to say was Hogan versus Slaughter. When Sergeant Slaughter was uh all Iraqi and everything, yeah, yeah. And WrestleMania, and that's 7. when they had that issue with the warrior. I don't know all the details, mm-hmm. but I, I that they, he wasn't going to be the standard bearer that they thought he was going right. to be with Hogan. I right. guess. Well, okay. he, he, yeah, he was a, yeah, like Ted DiBiase, incredible man of God, minister of the Word of God, has nothing good to say about the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, man, Jesus don't, loves you. He wants okay, to change your life. Let's think back on that. Don't you wish at some point Orndorff and or DiBiase get the belt legit for a, a, a brief run during that time. Well, and that and to me that was always the difference between. Of course, now, now now Slaughter got it as a bad guy. Yeah, but that was the difference between WWF and WCW or NWA. Flair being the bad guy had that belt, and you love to see the good guy chase it. Yeah, that the, the good guy was always chasing the belt while the bad guy held it. 
in WWF, it was the good guy held the belt. This put him on top of the mountain, and this and and like it always had some kind of aura. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it all. And so and so, if the bad guy threatened that, he was threatening all of the company. Yeah. And so it was a whole different scenario because that's like, and they still do that. This belt means everything. This, you know, and it's yeah. like, no, it doesn't. You know, and, yeah. And but back then, as a kid, you're watching like it does mean. Everything. Well, now you can actually have somebody. Like a Cena, mm-hmm. uh, Rock, Punk, you can name three or four, Jericho, mm-hmm. Undertaker. They don't need a belt to legitimize right. them. They're they're a big deal no matter what. Well, and that was the thing in the NWA they is they is is by the time you get to the the uh, mid late nineties or mid late eighties into the early nineties, it was the same situation. But what they used that belt for was if you're chasing Flair. You know, if you're chasing this belt, that you're the next big thing. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And they and would, so, what we didn't understand at the time was while Flair may have an on guy, let's say in a Georgia Championship Wrestling or or something, say he's got a, a really hot feud with um, Michael Hayes or Ricky Morton uh. or, or any of these guys. And, and I'm, I know I get my dates, but I'm just generalizing. Over in the Pacific Northwest, uh, where Roddy Piper is right, wrestling at right, that time, right. he's got a program with him. Right. He's got a program with the Von Erichs in WCCW, world class. Down in Texas. Yeah. Uh, he's probably got something in Chicago, with and, and he's cross-promoting with the AWA and Rick right. Martell at some point. Right. I mean, or Nick Botwinkle. And so what you end up with is, what that was what always tripped me out, is that Flair, because of the territories... He wrestled everybody. He, yeah, and he was and to every, be the man. Well, you got to be, be the, the man. man and, you know? and to hear people talk about him back in those, you know, that he went wherever he went. And this isn't Flair's words about himself. There's other people. Wherever he went, he made the person look good. Oh, yeah. He's, you know, and he understood your job going in was to make, to keep the belt. But to make it look like you could have lost this person. I keep laughing that we're talking about this. This is so geeky, but it's awesome. Well, what, okay, you. Obviously, I, I've always felt like I'm more excitable about things than you are in any way. Yes. What? But what has got you when it comes to watching wrestling? What are the moments? Go ahead. You've got them down. <laughs> I want to. I want to hear the moments, right, Steve. Now, but I wanted you to give yours too. I'll, get, so I'll go back no and thought. forth. Yeah, I'll have right. to think about a few. So the other day you did Mark Out Loud, which, by the way, is right. the greatest name for any. I know, produced. right? I can I, yeah. I can't believe that I, I jumped right on that website. It's now owned by the Geek Out Loud people. Is it it's awesome. by me, that is. And good, so, good. Yeah. I mean we're gonna it's gonna have its own feed and everything once I figure out what feed burner what Google's gonna do with feed burner. Yeah. So there you go. Mark out yep. loud. Um long story short, uh y'all did underrated feuds. Right. And I was like, the whole time I'm like, uh, why am I not on this show? <laughs> All right, we've got a cousin. Our cousin Kevin has emailed me several times, like, why am I not on this show yeah. with you? So Kevin, we gotta do this thing. And your other buddy that does the thing, uh, what's it? Uh, uh, that did that recording with you, Dave. Dave, he seems really knowledgeable. Oh, Dave's awesome. Yeah. And he was like, I could tell because y'all could fill in, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm not that guy. If you right. guys listen, that's not me. Because I have huge gaps in my knowledge right. because of availability, and plus I'm an old married dude now, right. so I don't have time to be right. Know. Let's let's not forget I am pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> let's not ever forget that fact. <laughs> Steve got me weak. 
Let us not lose sight of my station. I don't think, I don't think he said I'm an old married guy as the equal Steve is pathetic. <laughs> Although I am looking at this. No, but um, <laughs> I don't know if Star Wars room, really. Giving it a title. I mean, what else would you call that room? The extra know, bedroom? Storage. I don't know. Anyway. Storage. <laughs> Room to keep door closed when the company comes. <laughs> oh, the company always asks about that room. Oh, I'm sure. And then they look down at their feet and They're shuffle like, wow, around. So it's real. Yes, it, a lot of times it is, hey, I hear you have a Star Wars room. Yeah, you want to see it? Yeah, I'll look at it. Oh, so you were serious. It's a room full of Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Get back in the car. Well, how, honey, you gonna, how you are think? you going to come on this show and make me feel bad about my geeky stuff? How <laughs> is this the show? Listen, I didn't do it. Listen, this, you're I missing that by about five hours, buddy. You should have done that a while ago. No, I'm not. That was I'm going to get so much hater You are. From, you oh, are. my goodness. Mm. No, I'm proud of you. That's what I told you. Steve has, and this will be serious for Steve has something that very few people have, and that is sincerity about what you like. Right. That you you don't like stuff in an ironic way. You're not talking about wrestling in an ironic no, way. No, not at all. You right. dig it, yeah, right? Yeah, you yeah, know? And true. so do I. That's true. And this that's is the only true. place to do that. And so I trip on that. The only thing I've ever really liked in an ironic way is Veggie Tales. <laughs> <laughs> that was I mean, the most running. It's true. That's, yeah. It's like, well, this is cool to like, right. ironically. But so like I listen to your show and mm-hmm. I don't I don't watch Star Wars. Right, I don't right. know anything about posters. Sure. I don't know anything about most of the stuff you talk about. Right. But I geek out on it just because you're enthusiastic about it. Well, and I am. And so here's the privilege that I've had. I've seen the Star Wars movie. Listen, Geek Out Loud fans. I've watched a Star Wars movie. We did go see episode the three together. Theater with Big Honk and Steve. Yeah. I've done that. that was back in the day. They're like there are like no people on the planet who've done that one on one with Big Honk and Steve in my left ear going, Don't you see this? You understand this? And me going, Where's Bobo Fett? You know, and just the whole time. You know, I don't even know. It's like callback day. Yeah, I'm like, shows. I don't know who, who these people are. And hmm. Steve's like, and then that girl was not the real girl and, hmm. and then they had the talking green guy. And I was like, I don't know who these Star Wars people are. And Steve is just and so I say all that to say this. This is the list right, right. here. These this are my mark out These moments. are yours. You're talking right. about when I think back. This of, is what got you pumped. This is what and got this you is going. not what gets me pumped now, really. Right. This is what, as a person, like I remember sure. as a kid, like this is this was cool. Now, the first one's kind of funny. The first one is Mulky Mania. Do you remember this event? No. Okay, Steve, I'm about to educate you on something. And this was... this. <laughs> this was the most random thing that ever happened. And I pulled up their Facebook page. It's um face. It's called the Mulkey Brothers fan page. The Mulkey Brothers is is it's an ironic thing. No, it has to be. it's Randy and Bill Mulkey. When you see them, you'll remember them. They were a set of jobbers. How does one go about spelling Mulkey? M U L K E Y. So just like it sounds. Yes. <laughs> With a tilde. <laughs> the Mulkey. Brothers family. I mean, like, there it is. Okay. I got B out, and the next thing come up was Brothers. All right. Now, apparently they still wrestle, apparently, or do something. But do you see the picture of them with, like, their blue satin jackets? Yeah. And that dude in the middle. The Mulkey Brothers are those two blonde-haired guys, and they wrestled for the, 
like Jim Crockett, like NWA or whatever. Okay. And they were complete jobbers. Well, this new tag team comes into town with masks and all this kind of stuff. And this is when Hulkamania was really taking off. And they and both companies never mentioned each other. Right, right, right. right. Well, Randy and Bill Mulkey defeated the new tag team, the Invaders or the Crushers or the Conquistadors or whatever. They beat them. And when that happens, the announcers start for like two or three weeks calling it Mulkey Mania. No, they don't. And every time that it went on, it was the coolest thing ever. And it only happened two or three shows. And then it was like scrap. And so you just, you were digging that. I was digging it because it was the first time that I could remember that Company A acknowledged company right B right through a through a little thing. and through, i was old enough to understand they're busting on them right they're, right they're they're taking something that's really super important so there's kind of a fun one mulky mania mulky mania i just want to say this one of the people who like their page yes or who they like yes barry horowitz yes <laughs> pat yourself on the back <laughs> that's what he'd do yes Barry he was a jobber to the stars I mean he was the best. he was yeah. he was that's how I mean he got to be a big name for a little bit would you remember the Italian stallion yes he was kind of like he was a mid-level jobber mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tito Santana became that he went from being like tag champion yeah intercom, that at the end of his career he He's, would he was on he was yeah, yeah lower down the card and but he would advance you if you beat mm-hmm. him you know you're right up that's a big deal he was a legend at that yeah. point do you remember uh, uh, the Armstrongs? Yes. Brad Armstrong. Yeah. Well, you know, one of them just died recently. Really? Um, I want to say it was Steve Armstrong just yeah. recently passed. Yeah. And you know, one of the, the two uh, New Age Outlaws guys. Yeah, Road Dog. He's, he's an Armstrong. An Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know if a lot of people know that. But anyway, yeah. I'm sure Geek Out Loud fans know that. <laughs> but anyway. All right, so let's get real. All right. Um, let's get real. All right, so... Mark out moment, and they promoted this, and I didn't want to mark out on it because I thought you've overdone this. But Raw is Jericho. When Chris Jericho left the WCW and came yeah. to Raw, yeah. and had that confrontation with the countdown, and it was all yes. based on Y2K yes. and Y2J, yes. and the Rock's in the ring, and they go back and forth and back and forth, and instantly he's elevated up here. Great moment. That was to me the the loss of Jericho for WCW was one of the first big losses that they took in that whole and their whole spiral downward because Jericho he used to come out as the Lionheart and he'd like back into the crowd and look at the camera yeah you know and it was like and and we used to make fun of him when we were watching Nitro we I mean we would make jokes about how stupid he was and all this stuff then he lost that match and he pitched a fit at the end of it. And I'm like, really? They're going to do this? They're going to make him the whiny bad guy? Then he comes out, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And he pitched a fit, lost that match, pitched a fit. He comes out, I'm so sorry, it'll never. And that's where he started never, ever happen again. And, um, and I'm like, okay, this, this is dumb. The third time it happened, and he stormed off, and he came out the next week, and he started to apologize, and he didn't. He's like, I'm not going to apologize. You know why? Because all the Jerichoholics in this room... And I'm like, I'm a Jericho-holic. I mean, just immediately. I was like, I'm a Jericho-holic. And so when WCW lost him and he showed up as Y2J, I'm like, it's the greatest thing that ever happened. And he goes on to be the first undisputed, and that's something never be taken away from him, no matter what his career did after, the first undisputed champion 
um, in WWE history. That means he had, he was the world title holder and WWE title holder at the same time. Yeah. And uh, beat The Rock and Stone Cold on the same night to have that. And, I mean, that's I, I It was a total markout But moment. when he came out as Y2J... Because, see, like, I've always liked the promos and the talking mm-hmm. and the backstage. Not, I don't like the backstage stuff, but I've always liked... Um, the kind of stuff that surrounded it more than I did the actual matches. Like, I like the matches, but... And I like the moves and all that. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's cool to watch. Right. But the build-up, mm-hmm. and when he comes through, and you just like... And and there was enough internet stuff then, and I think I remember being... Well, they whatever. used to do... They used to do from, from Nitro after Nitro. They had an after show they did. It was an internet radio show. Yeah. And um and I would listen to it and there was like a lot of people calling in, What's the status of Jericho? What's his, uh, leading up to him being gone and going over there? And and when he showed up, I'm like, I can't believe this is going on. Oh my gosh. So All right. In this time, have you gotten one? Have you thought of one? Um, I mean, it it revolves around Sting, but I mean uh, Oh, give me that one, because I don't have a Sting one on my oh, list. Listen, most of my workout moments involve Sting. Oh really? But the first one, the first Sting markout moment I ever had was when I found out I didn't get to see it live, but when I found out that he had beat Ric Flair at the Great American Bash. Oh, the Great American the, Bash for the world title for the first time. Because understand that is something that had started a year or so before at the Clash of the Champions. The first time Sting got to fight Flair, and he had gone through all kinds of mess with Flair and the Horsemen and everything else. Messed up his knee, legit messed up his knee. And was out for a few months. When he comes back, you know, it's, again, Flair and the Horseman finally Great American Bash. And I want to say it was a Lumberjack match at the Great American Bash. <laughs> and uh, maybe not. Maybe it wasn't. But he comes out, man, and small cradles Flair. Flair's going for the figure four. Yep. Grabs him in the small cradle, one, two, three. And uh, Is just, there a picture in one of the magazines when he's winning and they're all, you know, pouring champagne over him? I, I seem... Like, yeah, that's something yeah. I can kind of... Yeah, I mean, that's... You know, and then afterwards, I mean, Sting, just a perennial good guy, stands up and he's like, he's like, I know it. He's like, look, I'm so excited to be this, but I took one one heck of a butt kicking in there, too, from that man. Flair's a, Flair was a great... Flair is a great champion. You know, like, he's giving him props yeah. even after having beaten him. You know, when Flair's been running, I'm like, that's, Sting's the man. I wonder if on some level, and I know it's all scripted and mm-hmm. it's, you know, they... But I wonder how much these guys who do this for a living enjoy the moment of them. Like, oh, there's some guys that live for it. I yeah. mean, there's some guys that that's what they live for. I mean, when you see guys out there and they're crying in that moment, it's legit. That's I think not. So. It is. No, it is. They're not that good actors that they can bring forth tears on command. Um, it's because what it because it represents the faith. It, the it, to you, it's 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 your hard work. It's it's this is everything paying off for me to get to this point. Yeah. But with Sting getting to that point, I mean, it was like just everything that built up to that—the knee injury, the battles with the Horseman, having been in the Horseman, having the Horseman turn on him, everything—and then and then to have that moment. I just when I found out, I didn't see it live. I found out that like the following week on, and I think it was Jim Ross or or someone who said in. And fans, Sting is the new world champion. I, boom, mark out right yeah, there. That's yeah, all yeah. I had to hear. And so, and then it, and then for me, it became how can I see that match? How can I see that match? You know. And when I finally did, I'm like, I'm so glad I got to see that match. <laughs> so, 
That was that would happen a lot where you would hear about it. Oh yeah, know. yeah, because you couldn't get the pay per view. I mean, either right. you didn't have satellite or you couldn't afford it or whatever the case may be. So I got one, and this is a random one, and I think this would be very time specific. Mm-hmm. But this goes into the chase we were talking about, right? Flair's opponents were always kind of known. You kind of knew who he was going to face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then along came this guy named Ronnie Garvin. Rugged Ronnie they, Garvin. They began to call him the Hands of Stone, but I think that was afterwards. I don't know exactly when it went in there. But Ron Garvin was this kind of short, regular-looking dude, kind of muscular, but never a legit contender. You never thought of him like a guy that can beat Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Now, I've since learned that there was a lot of backstage politics behind right. why he got to run with the title or whatever. But as a kid, this was the first – this was one of those matches where they are starting to show it, and you're watching the time because you're watching your clock, and you're mm-hmm. watching the match, and you're right. going, oh, it's going to run out. <laughs> I'm not going to see it. I'm not going to see it. And then if I'm not mistaken, it's like a top rope monkey flip kind of, not monkey, but like a sunset flip. Yeah. It kind of puts him down mm-hmm. and it's one, two, three. And Ronnie Garvin, this just no name guy beats Ric Flair. And I'm marked. I can remember as a kid, just <laughs> this is awesome. You know, now he was not, you know, his, he didn't rain a long time. He didn't right. go a long time. Right. But for me, those are the kind of things when you think back, like people will say, like if you ever talk to people about, like I love wrestling, and they'll say, you mean like, uh, and they'll name two or three wrestlers, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, no, no, listen, you understand. (laughs) (laughs) Like we lived this stuff for four or five years as kids. I remember Magnum T.A. before the the action. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't have to just, you know, don't just give me, you know, you know, I remember PM News when he was a rapper in WCW. Oh, yes. Did you yo, ever baby, watch yo, the baby, tag yo. team uh, PG-13? Mm-mm. Okay, this is uh, – oh, man, my brain's going to leave me, but it's Jerry Lawler's kid. Uh, Brian Christopher. And Bill Dundee's kid. I think that's who it is. Bill Dundee, no. that's Crocodile Dundee. No, it's Bill Dundee. Superstar Bill Dundee. Crocodile. No, superstar Bill Dundee. No, I'm. Are you sure it's Bill Dundee? Because I thought Bill Dundee was Crocodile Bill Dundee from the movies Crocodile Dundee and Crocodile Dundee Two. <laughs> from the as played by Paul Hogan. That's no. not a knife. This is a knife. No, but superstar Bill Dundee. Uh, yeah, that's him. Right there. Okay. He and All Lawler right. feuded for years, and they would go back and forth. So I think it's his son, Jamie, and another dude. Anyway, okay. PG-13 was always the tag team that you heard about that WWF was going to call up mm. or ECW was going or whatever, or, or WCW, right. and they were always off on the end of it. That's who, anyway, I don't know where that thought came from, but anyway. Um, just just naming random people. Random that, people that you know. I know that there was one dude that WCW brought in for a little bit that he came out in a blue and yellow Spider-Man outfit, basically. Yeah, Arachnaman or whatever they yeah, called him. And that was uh, Armstrong. That was an Armstrong doing it. Yeah. I found out later. And, <laughs> and uh, But he'd come out and shoot like the streamers out of his wrist and everything. I'm like, you remember, you I'm remember like, somebody's going to get sued for this mess. And they did. Like That's why they had to call that character off because Marvel stepped in and said, you can't be doing this. Did you remember Glacier? Oh, and all Lord. that stuff that they build up, and then it was just it like was Mortal horrible. Kombat. He nothing. was horrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, apparently the guy who played him is an outstanding wrestler, and and really, you know, but it was just the gimmick and the way they went about doing things was just horrible. It was terrible. But that's how they got Ernest the Cat Miller involved. Yeah, 
in in the WCW, and that's that's all the late nineties. When it, usually when I think of market moments, I'm like, what did I really mark out on as a kid? You know, and yeah, and try to and try to go that route. Um, did you mark out as much as I did when Dusty Rhodes beat Luger in the cage? Do you remember this match? Uh, Dusty beat Luger. There's a match where J.J. Dillon, Luger's still in the Horseman. Oh. And Luger's wrestling, I think it was for the U.S. title or the TV title. I think it's U.S. title. Mm-hmm. And there's, they've, they've talked the whole time how there's no way Dusty can beat him. I mean, this was when they were pushing Luger through the roof. As right. a matter of fact, I believe this is the match he lost to then get kicked out of the Horseman. Okay. I think, yeah. that, I think this was, you know, yeah, we yeah, all yeah, retained yeah, yeah, yeah. our belts. but Right. You, and the, the key moment of the match is Dylan throws a chair in over the top of the thing, and it's laying there. And, I mean, Dusty has been, you know, he's just he's been, been whooped. Yeah. And he gets up enough strength and DDT's Luger onto the chair uh-huh. and then just falls over him. And as a kid, you know, you're watching this, and you're just like, yes, yes one, yes. two, three. Complete mark out. Anytime Dusty Rhodes won anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was also, I put right up there, and this is probably my favorite moment, and I was YouTubing it just so I remember. The Rock and Roll Express had hit the scene. Ricky mm-hmm. Morton and Robert Gibson. And I don't think people understand how big they were. They were huge. There was a period six or seven years. They had no business being huge, but they were huge. I mean, not saying they're untalented or anything, right. but just their look. They're not very rock and roll. No. They're more like country yes i mean <laughs> even their song yeah is more of a country rock and roll <laughs> yeah, song yeah. yeah and they've got the mullet right oh and i think they, they still the wrestle they you do. know they do um but i love ricky morton and robert gibson and you talk about a traditional face they played the yes. baby yeah. face yeah the only thing they did that a lot of face teams didn't do was they would double team Right, they would, but it was it was quick double team. Yeah. It, it wasn't like we're going to put someone in the corner, distract the referee while this guy gets beat up. It was just a tag in. You're using those five seconds to to do a double elbow, to do a quick double yeah. suplex, double drop kick, and all of the moves that you see a baby face do now. Right, the drop kick, the flying elbow, the hip toss. Mm-hmm. They were the kinds of they kind of that was their move set like. When they got to that, that wasn't just them doing something. This was, uh-oh, trouble's about to happen for the right, other team. Right. And their double drop kick. And then, but they created what we see as this. No, I don't know if they created it. They mastered face in peril. Right. The bad guy on one team is beat up by the other two guys for a long time. Right, right, right. And at the very end of the match, he jumps or cartwheels and, and or makes, flips. Yes. Makes the tag. I love the cartwheels. Like, you can't you can't even walk, <laughs> but you can do a cartwheel. So they chase the Russians, and somehow Nikita Koloff is no longer Ivan's partner. By the way, I just want to say something. If you read Shawn Michaels' book. Yeah. You'll see that it was he and Marty Jannetty that were the first to do all of those things you just talked about. You think so? According to Shawn Michaels. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> Anyhow, go ahead. The Rockers. Awesome. <laughs> the Midnight um, Rockers. Um, long story short, they chased the Russians. Right. And somewhere along there, I think the Russians had that you could be three guys on a team and two of you could defend. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. Ivan Koloff and Crusher Khrushchev, I believe it is. <clears throat> and that's Barry Dorso, I think. I think that's who Crusher Khrushchev is, that he ends up being one of the demolition guys. Yeah, that kid, that dude did a lot of different stuff. I think stuff. so. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, they beat them. 
And you got to watch this match because it is it is 20 minutes of just go from these guys. And they are because – and this is what people don't understand. A lot of times in a match, it's not the big guy who looks strong who makes the moves look good. Right. It's the little guy who gets thrown around well, or that's slammed. I mean, and that's, and that's another thing. Shawn Michaels will tell you that that's one of his – talents to be able to get sure beat up, is to get is oh yeah you know people get onto him for overselling but he knows how to do it and make it look good so well i think he only the only thing i know he, that i guess oversold what or the, the rumor is that hogan match that hogan match nah. that should never happen you know well, so that's a whole have you seen it yeah, yeah I mean, I he bounces around like yeah a, but i mean I, but he's done that i've seen him do that with other people too. You, I mean, yeah. yeah it's like now he did the coolest thing. Have you when the best heel move I've ever seen is when he pretends that Bret Hart is coming back. Have you yes, seen this? Yes, yes. And the music yes. hits like and he does it like two or three times. <laughs> it's like I can't believe you're still falling for it. But so, see, those were just some of my yeah, moments. Yeah. None I, of them are huge. No. All of mine. Well, and that's and the thing is, and that's the thing I for me, it, I think it's been the same way with you when you were really into wrestling. It was always like, and then too, I guess it's this way for anybody who's in wrestling because you can pick who you latch on to and what moments yeah. you latch on to. And so there's some things that people will totally dig on that other people won't. Like the Black Scorpion, dude. I was so, that captured my imagination really? in 1989, 1990. And as this guy would come out, and I'm like, Sting's got to, because Sting had the belt. And I'm like, Sting's got to figure out who this guy is. He's got to figure, you know, oh my God, he's fighting him at Clash of the Champions, took the mask off, there's a mask under it. He's about to take, oh, no, there he is. It's a real black scorpion over, you know, and it's like, what in the world is going on? And then to finally culminate there, that Starcade that year in a cage, and then as you see all these different black scorpions walk out, you're like, wait a minute. That's a big one. That's not so big. That's a tall, skinny. Something, what? And then as the thing lowers and the real black scorpion steps out and he's got the robe and he does yeah, this, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's Ric Flair. <laughs> and to me, it was just like that showed how evil Ric Flair was, that he would go so far, and the four horsemen would go so far as to create this devilish persona to mess with Sting's head just to get that belt back instead of just face him straight up. Do you remember when, like, a good guy would get suspended and they would just put a mask on him and let him come back? Oh, do Like I? the machines the or the Dirty midnight, Yellow Dog. The Midnight Rider. Yeah. Like Dusty Rhodes. Right. Well, Dirty Yellow Dog was one. Brian Pillman was the Dirty Yellow Dog one time. The um, That was a cool angle. Pillman was amazing. Yeah. That's, that's really tragic. Yeah. What happened there. Well, there's a lot. There's so many of them that were so good that they just, you know, if they had DDP yoga. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm honestly like Chris Jericho, it's changed his life and the way that he's, wow. you know, because like you don't have to get on the meds. You just kind of keep stretched. You keep the, everything aligned and it just, and like Chris Jericho's like, that's why. And he went, dude, Jericho came out surprise entrance number two. He was number two man surprise entrance at the Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah. Went 47 minutes. Like, I thought they were going to oh, let Jericho wow. win it. I really, I'm like, he's about to win this thing. He's about to shock us all. And it's going to be Jericho Rock at WrestleMania. But, um, but Cena ended up winning, and, um, but it was I was just like blown away. Everyone was blown away by what Cena did. So. Now, were there were there guys that other people dug that you never got into? Wrestling? Oh, sure. Who? Yeah. Um, I I was never a big Kevin Nash fan at all. That you know, and this is later on yeah. and things. I never got into him. Never thought he was worth. You know, I I just never thought he was that good in the ring at all. Um, <clears throat> I never. A lot of times when people really get into someone, I just kind of usually I, I have my there's it's weird because they'll get into them because they're either cool or they talk good. 
I was never really big into Stone Cold. I got you. Um, and I just, but I, I, but Stone Cold could go in the ring, and so I was never. He to me, Kevin Nash couldn't talk. Any oh, that's harsh. I was never really drawn in by his mic work right, right, and right. his ring work never appealed to me at all. Stone Cold, I loved his mic work. I liked his ring work, but I just was like, eh, the care. I was cool on the character. I'm like, right. you know, I, I can take him or leave him. Um, but, uh, see the flip side of that is there were guys that they gave some run to and then they, you know, like I always thought, um, Ahmed Johnson, and I know mm-hmm. he was pretty stiff in the ring and, and kind of knew, but I always thought he had a look and a character that with a manager back in the earlier part. Right. And that's, would, and that's the thing that I think a lot of – that has been lost for a lot of things is the art of having a manager. If you want to get someone over and their ring works pretty good and their looks good but they don't have the mic skills, that's when you get them a manager. The guy that was in TNA, um, Monty Brown. Mm-hmm. And that he came to WWE for something. He was like Corvon or something like that. He was a huge guy. Did yeah, you yeah, ever yeah, see yeah, him? Yeah. You know who I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And he had that pounce move. Yes. If you watch some of his early, he was so over. And he was flat dominating people. Right. And then they just. Yeah, sometimes know, sometimes some guys mess up in the, in the, uh, with the office or something. And, and yeah, it's just like, just and I mean, that's how you, you know, you can't play ball. And on one hand, I understand that because if you can't play ball, then you don't need to be on the team. Yeah. But you know, other times it's like, well, you're really hurting business, and you're yeah. hurting, you know, because you could really be doing something. I don't understand Ryback. I don't understand why this guy got a push out of nowhere. Oh, really? Other than he's got a good look. Um, <clears throat> I I liked his Skip Sheffield character. He he was Skip Sheffield with Nexus yeah. when Nexus yeah. because he was just kind of just he got to show personality. This Ryback guy, I'm like, I don't like him. I just don't like his lack of personality and everything. And, and I don't feel like he's talented enough in the ring. And, I mean, obviously he's talented or he wouldn't be there. But I don't feel like he's talented enough in the ring to put on a good enough show that, that he should be getting the, the thrust that he's getting. Um, uh, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I can't. there's several that I can't really think of off the top of my head. Let me pause this and come talk to the man. Yeah. I just, I don't... I always feel like I like things that people don't like, and then I don't like things that people do like. When NWO got big, yeah, everyone was all NWO. I was not. Like I, I would go to watch NWO with a bunch they, of they, guys. They didn't balance it out correctly. Well, you can't have one group so much. I don't say better, but you know, you can't <clears throat> paint. What, that was the cool thing about. You've got to have a legit challenger. And Flair ran into that some in WCW right, right. because they ran with the Ricky Mortons and the Nikita Koloffs and the – Oh, my and gosh. The, and the Ricky Steamboat-Rick Flair yeah. matches. Now, uh, those worked. But what I'm saying is there was a level of competitor, right. kind of like Ronnie Garvin, mm-hmm. where you knew they're not putting the belt on Hayes. They're not putting it on Morton as a single. Right. They're not putting it on Koloff as a single. Man, Nikita Koloff needed to be champion. I mean – he he had the build. He had all. He had. You know, all. there's a big story that he could have jumped to Hogan to WWF. Yeah, and that he was loyal. But oh, can really? You imagine. Uh, think think about that that whole kind of angle of during Koloff. the Cold War. Yes, doing like a Rocky Four thing with yes. Hogan. Oh man, yeah. that would have been great. Yeah. The um. That well, you, you meant uh, talking about the NWO. 
that brings me to another markout moment of mine. And it was in the height of NWO. And understand, the friends that I watched wrestling with, NWOites, they're all, you know, yeah. popping fingers and everything. And I'm just like, <laughs> and they knew I wasn't. And so when the NWO would run out and, and jump somebody, you know, on WCW side, I'd be like, oh, great. You know, I don't. And, but then um, when Sting started doing his stuff of coming from the rafters and doing all the Yeah, things, yeah, yeah. And with the baseball bat and clearing house, you know, there were a lot of nights where I walked home, where I, was, I left the dude's house, and there, there was a quiet ride back to the <laughs> old dorm because they couldn't talk smack. But this one night, um, Sting, and you can find this on YouTube, just YouTube, Sting drops the bat. Sting comes down from the rafters. He's in the ring. There's like seven or eight guys on the other side of the ring from him. And my friends are sitting there. Well, let's see what happens if he drops the bat. He should drop the bat and see how tough he is then. And they're all, and all the guys in the ring are telling him to do that. Sting reaches over the ring ropes with the bat, drops the bat. They come at him. He clears the ring. <laughs> clears the ring. And I'm like, he dropped the bat. He dropped the bat. And I was just... <laughs> I I loved everything that they did with that sting angle until the actual culmination at Starcade when they messed up the the count at the end. Yeah. And um and 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 then they had the rematch at Super Brawl and everything. Uh they had the perfect ending to that Sting Hogan NWO feud later at uh TNA when Sting was doing his Joker thing a couple of years ago. Yeah. And Hogan was a bad guy and he kept trying to and Sting's whole thing was Hogan. I know you're the real you's there. I know. I'm just trying to pull the real you out. And uh, and they actually had a match, you know, which Sting really carried Hogan, and you know, kind of. And and people talked about it, said it wasn't bad for to know how bad off Hogan is. Right. That he was in the ring doing what he was doing, and and that Sting did a good job of carrying him. But then all of Hogan's cronies came out and started jumping Sting at the end. And Sting's just getting beat down. He's like Hogan, you got to help me. You're the real you's in there. I know. You know. He's like reaching out to Hogan. And Hogan looks down at Sting, looks over those guys, rips his shirt off, and goes to town and clears a clears a ring for. That's how the NWO yeah, should have ended. ended. You yeah. know, that's how that thing should have gone down. But because it was making so much money, they kept it going. But that night on Nitro, when Sting dropped the bat, I was just like, "That's it." I mean, I marked out something now, did, huge. Did you watch ECW? No, I know. I I tried. Someone showed me, gave me a tape one time of pay per view, and we're watching. I'm like. It gets boring after a while. Every match is the same, you know. And yeah, I, I never the the matches really weren't the thing. It was the promos. They allowed the guys to just talk, right. and the formation. That's a pretty cool markout moment when when it's Eastern Championship Wrestling and the franchise, and the franchise up. Shane Douglas when he drops their title mm-hmm. and declares himself ECW champion and all this. That's a pretty cool. Yeah. Like when you're yeah. especially younger, and I remember watching that. I was like. Because, you know, nothing like that. Right. Well, now, you see, were, now, do you remember, like, I remember random stuff. Like, do you remember, I think it's Barry Windham was, like, the Western States Heritage Champion and stuff yes, like that. I loved yes. when they would, because Well, they used to have U.S. Tag Team Champions. Oh, yeah. They had the six-man tag title. You know, it was, there were belts all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there, there would be, you know, like, randomly, the Georgia Heavyweight Champion. Would defend, yes, or yeah. the Mid Atlantic Tag right, Team Title, right? And it was, and you can go look at some of these websites and like trace title histories, and some of it's like going down a, you know, you're just like, right, you're like, you go, oh my Atlanta, yeah, yeah. But um, I've always been like, there was like, so McMahon does his thing up north, 
Turner's down south, kind of. And they tried, well, NWA, AWA tried something at one point. Mm-hmm. But then, so, so UWF combines with Jim Crockett. Right. And that's WCW, kind of. Right. And they absorbed all their stuff and really could have had some cool angles there and really didn't do it. But world class and Tennessee and all those guys tried to do some stuff. When Lawler and Von Erich and all them unified right, their right, titles right. and all that, and Henning and all that, yep. and they tried, and it just, you know. Well, I think what you had is even when you look at some of the older stuff, if you start comparing production versus production, the Crockett's, they they saw that TV was the way to go. Yeah. And, and they tried to make sure their production values were as good as they could be. Vince McMahon just took that, and, I mean, he WWF, for the longest time, seemed to always have a more polished, better production value to what they put on TV than anything that anyone else did. And for about a minute there, you and if you compare time to time, like it's got to be at the exact same time, uh, WCW was out doing production-wise, just the look, I'm talking about just the on-camera look of things, was out doing WWF, but that started to shift. And WCW got too polished with it. Like, it became too clean and too good. And and WWF found that right balance of live television, good camera angles, good graphics, you know, just everything. And I think that that has more, because it's, it's something you don't really talk about, but it's one of those things that when it's not good, it, it's just like a sound person in a at church. You don't think about the sound man until something goes wrong, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or in any event like that. Until it goes wrong, you don't think about it. And it's the same way with, like, those kind of production values. Unless it's just bad, you don't really think about it. But the better it is, the more you're going to be drawn to it without even realizing it. And I think that's where Crockett and McMahon had everyone else outdone. Because if you watch some of that older stuff, and, and I mean, even the announcers they had, it's like they got someone who'd been working at the feed store all day. Not that there's anything wrong with the feed store, but that's just where they were working to come do the, you know, they yeah, got the high school really football announcer to, watch to come some do of that the, stuff. And you're just like, there had to be somebody else who at least knew the names, you know, because it'll be like, and he takes him and mm-hmm. he throws him and right. he, oh no, here's some, you know, and it's. Well, and, and not only that, but you could always tell they were trying to be someone else they were never themselves on the mic jim ross calls matches the way jim ross called yeah. matches because that's how jim ross was going to call a match gordon Soley did the gordon same Soley thing. the same way and you think about i've i've seen one match where it's Soley and ross together two completely oh, wow. opposing styles because Soley never got worked up he never got you know how does it work it's amazing you know, Jim was the colored man. Yeah, and um, and Soli was the was the lead guy, and and Ross just you know he added that extra flair that wow. needed to be added to it, and it was it was pretty, it was pretty cool. But I I think that's one of the only times they were, they never really worked together that much. Have you? Um, but Jim, I've always said this. I've said especially once they set him loose, like in WWE when he really got loose to tell stories and you know be a part of the what was going on. He really became like the Larry Munson of wrestling, uh, did Jim Ross, because he just, he adds so much to the story. Like, you know, you've heard Larry Munson make Georgia football calls. 
Larry Munson was as much Georgia football as a oh, red sure, jersey. Sure. And and so and the way he called uh, none like anyone else and Jim Ross would do the same thing. I mean Jim Ross is like here's the story of the match and if the story shifted Ross just went right with it. You know, Ross never let even if he knew what was supposed to be coming down the pipe, he never let that phase him and he rolled right with it and he just continued to to do and as God is my witness, he is broken in half. You know what I mean? I, that's just. Like, <laughs> Have you seen what folks are doing with that audio and these dunks lately? No, uh-uh. It's pretty amazing. LeBron dunked on Jason Terry the other night mm-hmm. in a Boston game, the Miami Heat versus uh, Boston. And it's a cool play. The play's going one way. Mm-hmm. And Boston steals it and goes back the other way. And then Miami steals it really quickly. So there's one Jason Terry, one Boston guy, and four Heat players. So it's boom, boom, boom. And then it's kind of a back lob, like not towards the basket, almost like one guy standing like almost under the basket and kind of throws it back kind of between the foul line and the basket. And LeBron just comes in with one hand, and Terry's just beneath him. And he just, I mean, crushes it and then just stares over just like old school like 80s basketball just <laughs> stares at him like 80s basketball you know i mean literally like and what you know right well they've taken that gift that or gif right. however you said they've taken that little clip and put that put the jim ross but that the thing is is when he said that line in that match that was just typical Jim Ross, and that's what a lot yeah. of – I mean, you know, if you – that's when people started to really listen to him and perk up. But, I mean, dude, Flair's chops forever to me will be thunderous chops because that's how Jim Ross always called it. He's yeah. like, those thunderous chops by Flair. Yeah. My God, look at his chest. It looks like ground-up hamburger meat, you know, and I'm just like, that man could call a match, you yeah. know. And um, Tony Schiavone was always the polished – yeah. You know, broadcaster, but he did a great job. These guys on some of these other things that they would just pull in someone. Oh, they 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 like they they can tell a story. Did you ever see eating. Lance Russell? He was on. Uh, he was. He I was, know that name. He did the ones mid south. Yeah, and he he kind of shook a little bit and had right. this, and and he was much more like incredulous, right? Like yes. uh, uh, he's like I'm out here with the Moon Dogs, you know, spotting Rex <laughs> and how how uh. How could you do that to Jerry Lawler? You know, yeah, right, and Lawler right. was just you know, and then Lawler comes out, grabs the mic from him, Lance, you know, right? Uh, but the, you had you had him, Bob Cottle, Bob Cottle. Now, see, Bob Cottle was actually when you go back and watch some of these old matches, he's actually a great color commentator with Ross because yeah. Ross is doing the fired up lead commentator thing, and 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 Cottle is not. He's not that antagonistic heel person that so many people thought they had to have in the seat yeah. next to him. He's just like, you know, I tell you what, Jim, when something like this happens, you know, you you get to work like we all know how Arnaz would wrestle a match. He'd pick a he'd pick one of the limbs and work on it. Yes. That'd be his thing. Yeah. He's like, if he works on that one leg, he's gonna have a hard time and he would pick some specific move that the guy used in his repertoire and be like, This is why he can't you even if it had nothing to do with his legs, he'd yes. be like, it's gonna mess up his leverage and being able to really crank in that that <laughs> chin lock. lock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. But Cottle did it. He was another one that he just, you know, and and Jim Ross has a lot of good things to say about Bob Cottle. He wrote a Jim Ross actually did a blog about the people he'd broadcast with. And um, you know, now, a lot of a people love entry. Bobby the Brain. Bobby the Brain is Because he just, was snarky yes. and funny. 
he was a lot better with Monsoon yeah. than he was with, with Shivani. Of course, with Shivani, at first, they really did well, and Shivani would just start laughing. Like, like he Eric Bischoff was never a good commentator to me. And and Bobby and, and Bobby the Ring got stuck out there with Eric Bischoff and Steve Mongo McMichael for the longest time. But when, when the Brain and Dusty Rhodes and Shivani were at the table... Like it was just hilarious. There was some funny stuff that would go down, and um, there's one match that's great. It's Mike Tanay and Dusty Rhodes and Tony Schiavone, and Mike Tanay refers to something as a European uppercut, and uh, Dusty Rhodes is like European uppercut, and like he just goes <laughs> off, and he's like, I guess that was a Mexican elbow right there, <laughs> and just start the rest of the match is hilarious. What he, but um, the brain was good with Monsoon with Gorilla Monsoon because. They had a chemistry. Now, did you, when you're watching it, I hate to cut you off. I was that's fine. But did um, I just thought about this? I never. I always like to watch wrestling by myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't want it to be because I knew that anybody like I was watching it with didn't know as much as me, and I didn't right, want to have right, to stop right. and explain stuff to them. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of a geeky habit, no, isn't it? Like, uh, uh, well, it depends, because some geeks love to just kind of tell everything they know oh, about yeah, everything. yeah. When we were watching it in in college, you know, there I am up in, up in Virginia where I don't know if they ever watched what I used to watch or not, so I'd right. have to instruct them about why these people are cool. Well, then all of a sudden... One of the guys from my dorm decided to start watching it with us, and he's like, I don't know if y'all like wrestling like I like wrestling. And I looked at him I'm like, what do you mean? He's I'm like, what are you, some kind of WWF guy? He's like, no, baby. And he held up four fingers. Yes. And I'm like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> and we started, and I had, you know, and I, don't, and I had always been the guy who would instruct everybody on who's this guy, what's this guy, what's this move, why does this work, why does this match work? And then this guy comes in, and he just – and. And it wasn't one of those things where we butted heads trying to outdo one another. It's like, do you remember when? Oh yeah, do you remember when? Oh yeah, you know. And um, and so we just. And Have, but now, well, what, if you watch some of that stuff, watch the crowd reactions to things. When Flair's getting beaten down by the Russians, mm-hmm. and Dusty comes into the cage and saves him. And then Ole and Arn come in and jump Dusty for no, mm-hmm. there's really no right. reason. And they're positioning to break his leg. Mm-hmm. The crowd is going insane. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reactions like that. The last time I saw any crowd that was like that was, I guess, ECW's One Night Stand where they did the. Um, if Cena wins, we revolt or whatever. Right, right, we storm right. the ring or whatever, you know. Um, but just that kind of that was cool. I remember watching as a kid, you know. Like I also think that even there were some adults that were fooled by it. Back sure, then. I think there were some adults that were fooled by wrestling back then. Um, they well, you had to remember be. the entertainment choices were. I mean, you That's know, it, it wasn't. <laughs> you know, that was a huge. I'm deal. just saying. I, I do think that there were people that weren't as I don't know. Savvy or sophisticated I about guess, this. Maybe, I, I guess. guess. I guess. You know, I... Plus, once you're there, you're giving into the you, moment. You've like got... If and you, I mean, and that's... And I guess... And, and, I, and that's one of the things I have problems with with fans today 
is it seems to me like fans today don't allow themselves to get into the moment. They want to see what they want to see, and that's that. Yeah. And and they want to show off. The smart fans want to show off their smart fans, and they want to cheer like smart fans. And I, and I've never liked. That. I'm like, you know what? If you want to do the Cena sucks chant, that's fine. But don't don't boo the man. You know, I I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, don't he's boo. the good guy. Yeah, don't boo the man. Don't um, you see what he's doing with those and, kids? Uh, he's a, hey, he's he's granted more make a wishes than anybody. anybody. He seems like he's a really legitimately nice. Well, guy. you know my story with Cena. I used to not like Cena at all. I've told you what yeah. happened. How I turned around on Cena and making Georgia just. I mean, dude spent 45 minutes going around slapping hands. He got the joke that we wrote on our poster about who knew Marky Mark could wrestle. Oh, I mean, I got you know, you. he loved it, and I'm like. See, I've never, I've only been to one live wrestling event in my whole life, and that was in the Blackshear Gym, mm. and it was uh, like old school. I'm NWA. sorry, Jason, you came over to Collins, Georgia, when I was a wrestler for the independent UCCW. Didn't no, you? I never did come. You never went to Collins. No, no. Oh. We talked about it. We I was going to gonna restart the whole um, feud with you. I was going to oh, bring yeah, a sign that yeah, said yeah. Steve, <laughs> Steve fears the trampoline. That's right. <laughs> Oh man! Now you want to let me tell you another markout moment that happened with UCCW, and this is not something you're going to see on TV at all because it just wasn't filmed. It was a house show up in uh, up in uh, Covington, Georgia, and uh, the the heel Drew Blood, great wrestler, great talker. <laughs> I love great the guy. I mean, just a cool guy. Drew. Blood. He comes out. He comes out to the ring, and and I'm of course I'm the bad guy announcer, and he's like, "You got a pin." Steve, you got a pen? I hand him a pen. He walks over to a kid who's got a balloon. <gasps> clicks the pen, pops the kid's balloon, and I go nuts. I'm like, I never thought I'd see that in real life. I thought that was just something you only heard about. Oh, the kid started crying. Drew's laughing. I'm laughing. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Of course, I get the kid another balloon and everything, but... um. That's awesome. So yeah, that was I. It was a little promotion, little tiny promotion um, down there. You know, I wrestled for the championship of the UCCW. Yeah, did you get a? Did you get squashed? Oh, my Lanta! Did I get squashed? It was against Ox Madison, four hundred pound man, um, whose finishing move is a lariat. Oh wow! And you took it. I took it, son, and uh, and I legitimately saw star. It hurt like I untrained took a clothesline. And he came, he was coming full speed. I mean, I don't know if I misstomped him because the way the match went as I as I got down, I'm like, wait a minute, I got to stretch. So I stretch out and everything, and I get down. I do three pushups. I'm like, see, let's see you do that, big boy, Java. Come on, I'm making fat jokes about somebody me, and um, <laughs> and so he gets down to do a push up, and I stomp on him, you know, and I just stomp and I stomp and I stomp, and uh, and then I get over and I'm going to camel clutch him, and uh, he stands up with me and um, and wow. I fall down and uh. And as I get up and turn around, he's coming at me just full speed ahead, takes my head off. And I lay there, and uh, he just puts his foot on my chest for the one, two, three. And um, they help me out of the ring, and I'm walking to the back, and the announcer says, well, Steve's going to go to the back and recover. And I heard someone go, no, Steve's going to the back to die. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's legitimately amazing what they can do. It is. As, when, as much as it's goofy and it's whatever, it's it's 
it's pretty doggone it's, cool what is, they can do. It is. Uh, I mean, especially some of the stuff they do now. Oh, yeah. I mean, jump out of a ring and somehow, you know, grab a guy in a head scissors and flip yourself and throw him around and not both of you die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember, hurt myself sometimes walking from one room to the other. <laughs> remember when uh, when Scott Steiner used to just climb up on the top rope and Frankenstein or someone yes. off, and that was the greatest thing ever. Oh, yeah. You and then these little luchadors come along, and they're hurricane run all over the place. That's not even a finishing move. It's just a quick little yeah. fraloom to and take them down. And that's part of the uh, stuff that people have problems with with some of this independent stuff now is that you have guys doing 15 and 20 and 30 spot moves I mean, right. that are like – this should kill somebody. Right. And they're doing them, and then they're popping right back up. Well, and they do those, and they've lost the the psychology of it all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When, when the luchadors came up from Mexico into WCW, I mean, that was just a whole different style of wrestling. And you could accept, okay, these guys just wrestled different. You know, they're just... They're just yeah, and I love that. I like did psychosis too. I did too. Yeah, that. I never yeah. got into the extreme stuff that people, you know, like yeah. the ECW. No, I don't, I don't care about all that. But... When you watch a Jake the Snake Roberts match, oh, he was the best. I mean, like he told this, a story. This is a time. guy. This is a guy who came out to the ring. He knew how to control the ring. He knew. To, he knew how to. He knew if the tempo needed to be sped up, slowed down. He knew how to get in your head and how to make you just care about the match, no matter what was going on. Punk knows how to do that too. Punk, CM Punk's great at that. Yeah. Um, Oh, most of the guys that are big now, right, have figured that out, and that's and that's the I mean, key. not I think, to that level, but I think that's the key to to what they. Well, do that's is. the only way they could back it off because they had gotten to the point. It's like I think I saw Cornette in an interview. He said, "Listen, we used to pretend to hurt each other, and people thought it was real, and now we hurt each other, and people think it's fake." Yeah, yeah. And he said we, they had to back that off. Right. You know, you right. had to whatever. You know. You can't well, and you hit gotta, a guy in the head with a chair every night for a 340 days a year. Right, and, and he'd be okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, well, he, Punk, and, and Punk's one of the guys, though, that he'll talk about openly who his influences are. And, you know, and you, you understand that this mm. is something he's been into for years. This wasn't a second option yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah, and a know? lot of those guys it was. They played right. football or they wrestled collegiately and they got into it because, right. hey, you've got the bill. yeah. So, you know, and, and you learn to, and, and so I think that's the key now is the generation of wrestlers that wrestle now, you've got to have respect for what's come before and what worked. I mean, even Mick, someone like Mick Foley, who, you know, he's known for all his hardcore stuff. Mick Foley knew how to tell a story. Oh, Mick Foley yeah. knew how to get on a mic and, and work and, and make you get invested in what was going on with him. Um, so, you know, but everyone, and unfortunately everyone remembers him for, you know, now hell in the cell and, and he was so much more, had so much more of a, a better body of work than just that one match. Yeah. And, um, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, I think it's sad that everyone knows them just for the Montreal screw job anymore. That's, that's the thing that they're synonymous with when I'm telling you what Shawn Michaels match against Ric Flair to retire Ric Flair. That was pretty cool. And then the subsequent two matches he had with Undertaker are three of the best wrestling matches you'll ever see in your life. Yeah. I mean, straight up. But don't you think part of that's that they gave him the time and they gave them the time to tell the story? Sure, and sometimes sure. you got to earn that. I mean, that's down the road for some of these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think, and I think that's unfortunate too. I think that's where we miss the jobber. Because what a yeah. jobber does is it gives you the opportunity to introduce this person, be they friendly or, 
or not to an audience and get to see them do all their stuff that they were going to do. They've kind of brought that back a little bit. They're starting to trickle that back in. I think, and I think they're starting to find a decent balance with it. The problem is, is, is anyone that, I don't know. I, they they need to learn about comedy. That dude that sings, and there a guy that sings or something. He's got, he was beat up by like Vader, uh, but kids, because the kids, there was a few weeks in a row where they had old stars. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Heath Slater. Okay. The one man band, baby. Okay, yeah. And see, my kids would watch that, and they wouldn't know who these old timers were, and they right. would come in, and I was like, "You don't understand. That's Vader. Have you?" Seen? And I, and that's when we go to YouTube and we show them the picture of him in the big, the big mastodon. Mask, and you're like, bow down. See, and then he, the and then he'd put that thing down on the floor and walk and point at it, and it would shoot the steam up. Vader. He had some great matches with Sting. He had a great match with Flair. For a 500-pound dude, he could straight up... He moon, He did a moonsault. Yep. Ridiculous. Road Warriors. Speaking of going old school, <laughs> was there anything cooler? <laughs> you know, and they come out. And they, they don't were. smile... They, don't they were bad you, guys. They, they were bad guys. They don't give you high five. They walk through the crowd as mm-hmm. fast as they can, and they get in the ring, and they pull off those pads, and then they fight. Yeah. And you're just like, I thought Hawk could beat any human being. That was, man. Yeah. I, I've ever told you about the fight. I got into a fight one time in, in elementary school, like when these little kid back, you know. Well, I mean, I'd grown up with Dusty Rhodes giving Bionic Elbow. Right. So we go you to didn't. fight, and I'm like, I'm hitting him with the elbow. I'm hitting. Him. So I just kind of raised my arm, punch, punch. <laughs> <laughs> got punched in the face. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. But I did do this. This is legitimate. You know, like the monkey flip where you jump up and you put your feet kind of on their hips and right. you flip them over. Right. This bigger dude than me in high school. This happened in high school. I had not watched wrestling in years, but this bigger dude. We were in a, a one of these auditoriums that had kind of like. They weren't really, really steps, but they kind of had platforms that chairs right, went sure. on. Mm-hmm. He's coming down at me, and he's mad about something. And I don't remember. If, I, I think it was a mistake, but anyway, mm-hmm. he, he's it's on. He had a members-only jacket. Nice. I straight monkey flipped that joker right there off that. <laughs> we were on that stage, and I caught his momentum. I jumped up and grabbed him and rolled back. I straight monkey flipped <laughs> He lands back there. It, hit, it shocked him so much. Like, he was like, what in the world? And I stood up and was like, are we going to do this? And the teacher walked in, and he would have killed me. I mean, I know right, this guy right, was right, a right. Because you couldn't monkey flip him up the steps no, now. No, he would have destroyed me. But I don't even know where that came from. But I was like, monkey flip. <laughs> it was so awesome. I remember it. I'm going to pull that sound of monkey flip. I'm going <laughs> to pull that. Awesome. I'm going to pull that audio and keep that. It was awesome. Along with old well, bummer. Steve, man, I have enjoyed the trip down memory lane. Yes, man, yes. Geeking out about something completely well, geeky, but I love it. Totally, totally. It's 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 geek out loud that morphed into mark out loud. It's, I told um, him, I tell him in church, I was like, I only know about like three things. I like, I know what's in the Bible. Right. Um, I know a lot about um, trying to be a pretty good dad. There you go. You know, kid stuff. I know a little bit about personal finance. And I know 80s and 90s wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah I'm I love it dude I it's it's one of those things like I've always said we've always been kind of on the same page yeah and what we geek out about and so there was one night when you called and said um something uh it was a 
It let you said something and it let me know that you were keeping up with what was happening in wrestling. Oh I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all is right in the world. <laughs> you know, I was just like, here we go. All is right in the world. Before we go, um, I want to mention uh, head over to uh, www.thefandommenace. That's all. That's fandom, not phantom, but fandommenace.bandcamp.com. Check out an album that Ben and his wife Ascentia Foster did. Uh, it's all about. Uh, it's just. It's just a tribute to Star Wars, basically, and Star Wars fandom. He puts a shout out to Geek Out Loud in the song "Celebration," uh, which is track number seven. There, um, I picked on him because Rebel Force Radio gets a whole song dedicated to them, and Geek Out Loud gets a gets a shout out in a song called "Celebration." But I did meet them at uh, at Celebration Six this past year, and and, I, and they sent a picture so I could know who they were, and I and I definitely remember I met them in Artist Alley. Is where we bumped into each other. They came to uh, the celebration of worship. But the Fandom Menace dot Bandcamp dot com. Check it out. It's a free uh, album. If you like what they put out there, let them know about it. I'm sure they'd appreciate hearing from you. Jason, thanks so much for doing part two of the Big Honkin' Show here on yes, Geek sir. Out Loud. Enjoyed it, man. Good times, good times. You can follow Ooh. Jason on the Twitter at NCN. Yes. And you're at NCNblog.com. And what's the journey? Oh, journeychurchga.com is our journeychurchga.com is is where Jason's a pastor. So we still have that dream of one day working together in a church and Yeah. And when that happens, all of our podcast listeners will be like that's where I'm starting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will form we will form a congregation of former podcast oh, listeners. Oh, this could be oh, perhaps there's a reason why this hasn't happened yet. It's office hours, guys. What are we talking about today? Well, uh, the CWF from yeah, 1987 right. to 1992. That's right. The Florida Jeff wrestling. Jarrett, good booker or not? Is discuss. Scott Hall the greatest wrestler to never have a world title? Ooh. Hmm. ooh Roddy Piper's up in there. That's true. That's I would true. say Kurt Henning, but he had the AWA yeah. heavyweight Well, now, I think, I think that Scott Hall won the FCW, the Florida wrestling or the fwa whatever they were down there when he was in florida but mm -hmm. but you're talking about the big two though you're talking about the now steve this is a whole other debate because at mm -hmm. one time the awa was on par with the nwa that's true the that's true that's true in fact hogan hulkamania began in the awa and has been retroactively rewarded heavyweight titles in the awa if oh I'm not mistaken. wow yes well well that's just the awa though i mean the the florida wrestling lines hadn't been absorbed into the WWE oh, yeah. company like, like right. these others have. Right. So maybe once that does, then Scott Hall will be able to say that he won a title. No. So R Ravishing Rick Rude did not win the, the the regular WCW title, did he? He won the international version when they had... Oh, man, yeah. Yes, yeah. do you see this? Yeah. See, this was a period where I was not watching. That's Yeah, it got confusing there. But NWA they... broke off of WCW, right. and they changed them to the WCW International yeah. Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. There was some stuff with some Japanese dudes or something. Oh, the IG. When they got, they, they hooked up with the IJPW, the, uh, the Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. Um, IWGP, I, yeah. International Wrestling Grand Prix, I believe it is. That's right, that's right. And so... Then, that was the first time I ever cheered for Ric Flair because he was there, because there was some the the Rising Sun pay per view or whatever was it the Great Land of the Rising Sun? No, he was fighting just one of their oh yes, Antonio yes. Inoki, not Antonio Inoki, but Pat Morita or someone like that over there. I'm just <laughs> that's terrible. That's terrible what just I just did. <laughs> but I think it was like Pat Inoki or something like yeah. that. Um, 
And I'm like, well, he can't keep the belt. He's in Japan. Flair's got to bring that thing home. Go, Flair. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm cheering for Ric Flair. Watching I might throw Bruiser Brody in that mix. Really? Yeah. I don't know that I'd throw Bruiser Brody in that Stan mix. Hansen was an AWA title. Stan Hansen. Ran over it with a truck, if I'm not mistaken, and mailed it back. What's funny to me is just how over Stan Hansen apparently got in Japan. Oh, like, yeah. Like, apparently he was super over in Japan. You know who's super over is Lord Tensai, the guy that's come back to WWE. Right, right. As I, he, he was Albert. And he was huge. Why he came back, I don't know, but he was super Well, I mean, over. Jason, let's say you're... you're well, I mean, to... I understand why he came back, but what I'm saying is, in rest, in fake wrestling terms... Right, right. Why would you, you know? ever come to the to end up being well, that's Brodus where, Clay's um, partner? Uh, uh, Terry Gordy and uh, Steve Williams went. Yes, and they were huge. Yes. What was that title I gave you that they were uh, Murder Incorporated? No, what was it? Devastation Incorporated. Devastation. No, that, was was, that was not it. Oh, I feel like Murder Inc. I, is right. No, I text. That's like a rap. Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Remember, I texted you the title of what they were called over there. And you marked out and said that was the greatest wrestling name ever. I don't know really. You have any idea where you are? You're in the jungle, baby! This is WCW! I'm gonna pick you up, I'm gonna drop you baby on your head, and scarf your death lock. does that get you pumped up? Well, you know something, brother! To beat a man! You gotta beat the man! And I'm saying, who? I'm the man! The Miracle Violence Connection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Steve Williams and Terry Gordon were called the Miracle Violence Connection. Is there a greater name in the history of mankind There's outside not. of Big Honk and Steve? There is not. No. There is not. Snack and chat out. <laughs> <laughs>